Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, but not your host for today, Jordan Younger, because today's host is one of my best friends in the world, Krista Williams. You probably know her from hosting the hit top 50 podcast in the world, Almost 30. And she's been on this podcast many times. She also has a new podcast with her co-host, Lindsay, called The Morning Microdose. And I wanted to have Krista host this episode of the Balanced Blonde Podcast because every year on my birthday, which is October 11th, yesterday, I like to do a birthday episode where I have someone close in my life interview me, where we flip the script. And when we flip the script, it allows me to share things that I feel I wouldn't be able to share in a solo episode, and certainly not when I'm interviewing someone else. So in this episode, I brought Krista in because she is one of the best interviewers that I know. Her skills are beyond. And because she's one of my best friends, I forgot that we were on the microphone and she asked me some of the deepest questions that I've ever been asked. And we really just went there. So you guys have been requesting for a long time that I go deeper on my spiritual awakening, the gift that I have of seeing people's faces shapeshift. We talk about Pleiadians and psychic gifts, and we really get vulnerable in a way that I have never quite gotten on the podcast. And I think it's because when you're with someone that you're so close to and they're interviewing you on your own show, very unique things come out of your mouth. And also, if you're new here, this is an amazing episode to start with because it tells the journey of the spiritual awakening. Some of this I've touched on in the past and much of it I haven't, but everybody always wants to know where's the whole spiritual journey in a nutshell? When did you know that you were psychic? How did you start seeing people's faces shapeshift? Can you teach other people? Do you do readings? We talk about all of this and then some. And also, if you've been here for a while, I have changed a lot. I have evolved so much and it's been six years of podcasting. So I don't even recognize the person that I was pre-spiritual awakening, pre-motherhood, etc. So it was also just time for yet another reintroduction. This is part one of two. We had a long conversation next week 
in part two, we talk about my near-death experience at the age of 29, the feeling of being different and how to harness that. We talk about being misunderstood on the world stage. And I think everybody can relate to that in some ways. We answer audience Q&As that you guys sent in and we just talk about so much more. I know that a lot of you are fans of Krista and I promise to have her back on the show to interview her and flip the script yet again to have an update on Krista's life. She's been on the show many times. You can listen to our episode together that we lasted as the final episode before my maternity leave at the end of last year. If you want to learn more about her and the law of one and all the cool things that she is an expert on and in this episode, please just know this is like one of the only times I've been interviewed on this show. So you're going to learn intimately about me. And I share that, we share that with the intention that you can see a bit of yourself, learn a few things about you and your awakening and use this as a guide if you are experiencing spiritual awakening yourself. So happy birthday to all my fellow Libras, Libra season, whoop, whoop, I'm 32, feels crazy. And if you want to hear us go deeper on all of these subjects and then some, just tell us on our Instagrams. And when I have Krista back on the show, we will take it from there. Be sure to tune into part two next week and let's dive into part one today. Love you guys. I am so happy to be here. I feel so honored all day. I was like tapping into the frequency of our conversation and I just cannot wait. I feel so grateful. Me too. I've been buzzing with this energy ever since we first talked about it. Mm -hmm. And it is such an honor to have you hosting the podcast. I don't think anyone else other than Jonathan has ever hosted, quote unquote, this podcast, but there's nobody better than you. And I have thought about asking you to do this for years. Oh so my God. That's something about me. I think about something for literal years and then I will say it out loud. And then you're like, of course, let's do it. And you also think about something for one second and then like do it or like bring it through. True. You know what I mean? Yes. It's also like, it's this and. Yes. But I could not be more excited. I'm so honored and... I have just been thinking about so many different conversations and things I want to bring through. And I think overall, my intention is for people to really understand you more as the people that you love understand you. Like the people that know and love you just see so much magic and mysticism and wisdom and kindness and love and compassion and just this like expansive beauty and friendship. It is like the best thing to be friends with you. So I'm excited to bring through more of that truth. So more of the people that know and love you can listen and hear that. But there was something I wanted to talk about because we've been so lucky to see each other like four times in the past couple of days. Yeah. seeing running into each other everywhere. everywhere. So we were at Butcher's Daughter the mm -hmm. other night and you walked out with your family. Mm -hmm. I was with a friend. And it was so interesting because my friend, after you guys talked, you know, you were leaving with Jonathan and your family. And I was talking to my friend and she goes, oh, she's so amazing, you know, talking about you. And I was like, yeah, she's really powerful. I was like, she's incredibly powerful. I was like, did you look into her eyes? And she she lost her mind. She goes, oh my God. She's <laughs> like, she couldn't believe it. She's like, I am number one at looking at people in the eyes. And I was like, did you look into her eyes? And she's like, and halfway through our conversation, my mind said to myself, you need to look into her eyes. You're not looking at her eyes. And she noticed that she was only looking at your teeth. Oh my God. And she wasn't looking at your eyes. And her like soul said something to her and was like, look into her eyes. And she's like, I was avoiding it. 
Oh my God. Yeah, she's like, I was avoiding it. And then my soul was like, look into her eyes. And I was like, yeah, you don't even want to know what happens. Because that is something, and one of your gifts is the shape-shifting faces, is mm-hmm. really that connection and looking people in the eyes and the power that you have. So I'd love to talk about that. Like what one of your gifts being the ability to really see into someone's soul. Yeah, that's such a good story. I'm so happy that you told me that. I feel like it's so rare that we get to hear about ourselves Mm -hmm. through what someone says about us when we're not there, someone who we don't really know because I met her for the first time that night. And people tell me that all the time. They'll say either I've never seen someone who makes such eye contact as you, which I'm surprised because I don't do it on purpose. I just do it. Or people will say, I've been very intimidated to make eye contact with you. And I'm always like, really? Because again, I don't know what I'm doing. It's not like a conscious thing where I'm trying to look through someone's soul and see their face shape shift the way your <laughs> face is shape shifting. I know, I knew. Um, when we were yeah. looking, I was like, oh God, what's I going know, on? As I'm deeply staring and because you're open and mm. you don't have filters, you trust me. Mm-hmm. So I can see all sorts of things in your face. And let's go into that. What are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, typically the first thing I see when I start to see mm-hmm. someone's face shape shift is I'll start to see colors and I'll see mm-hmm. things start to fade. So if you, I used to just blink really hard to be like, am I losing my vision? Cause that's what it feels like. Someone's face will start to disappear, which sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's also been such an incredible gift to step into with you. I see aura colors. So I'm seeing a lot of white, a lot of yellow, which is very angelic and very aligned when I see people really doing what they came here to do and feeling good about their life and their energy and their friendships. And I just see that in you so clearly and a powerful angelic, your whole face is flickering and there's no shape to your face anymore. (laughs) That's what I see. And then I see the eyes as the window into the soul. Mm -hmm. And then if we were to really soul gaze and there weren't cameras here, or maybe we could do it with the cameras, I would start to see your past lives and spirit animals, parallel dimensions, you in a different universe happening at the same time. And then I could tell you, Krista in a parallel universe is wanting to tell you something. And then we would do a whole reading that way. And it just requires a lot of trust and a lot of letting go. And even when it comes to mediumship work that we're both familiar with, it's very different. It's We share a mentor, Nikki Novo, and she's always telling me it's it's a different gift, which makes it cool. And it also makes it, again, hard for people to understand because they're like, can you train me to do this? Yeah. And perhaps one day I will be able to train people. I'm still training myself. Same. So I work with Nikki because you do and Lindsay does. And I think Jenna did for a little bit. I think all of our friends pretty much work with her. And my intention when we first started was to cultivate my specific gifts. And I think it's so interesting because similar to you going in being like, or people being like, can you train me in that? You know, can I do that? I went in and I was like, okay, I want to work on my intuition and my intuitive gifts, which is what we're doing. But I went in with the lens of looking at what everyone else was doing and how everyone else reads people and thinking that mine would be the same. And the way that I read is so different. Like the way that I connect is so different. Mine's more from like a galactic stance as really Mm -hmm. connecting with like galactic teams and galactic families. I can see more like galactic lineages and angelic lineages than, you know, something else that someone might be seeing. Maybe it's ancestral. So I think that's such a good point because 
each person has their own unique magic and each person has their own unique set of gifts that they have that they need to cultivate. So you might not find or understand your gifts by looking at other people on social media or looking at what anyone else is doing. And for you, I've never heard of the gifts that you have, like the soul gazing and the eye gazing feel so unique to you. What was the first time, if you have a memory of when you remember noticing that something was different in the mm-hmm. way that you see people? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the first time very specifically. And best speak, memory. Yeah, you guys, very, best memory. Very good. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> the best memory. I, I have such a unique memory. Yes. I'm trying, what's the word for it? Wait, why is my mind what? blanking? I still have mom brain, by the way. I, it's... um. Photographic memory. Yes, oh yes. my God, Jordan, hello. I have it's a okay. except apparently for All my words. friends with babies, every um, time I'm like, mom brain, mom brain. <laughs> it's so real. Yes. So yes, I have a photographic memory for mm-hmm. experiences. And the first memory that I have of seeing someone's face shape drift was in Ojai. I was having a reading with someone who channels Pleiadians, speaking about intergalactic things as we are here. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know what that meant. This was in 2017. And I was looking into her eyes and she was challenging me to look deeper and deeper into her eyes. And because this was new to me, I think I was kind of scared. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. Not scared, just kind of like, I don't know if this is going to happen for me. I'm not sure what's going on. And suddenly it was like a screen and her face turned into galaxies and her actual face melted away. And I saw an old Native American woman. And then I saw an old Native American man. And she was a young woman in her human self. And then I saw alien type of figures coming through her face and animals. And I just thought at the time, this woman is so powerful. What is she doing and what is she capable of? And she told me about my connection with the Pleiadians. And the interesting thing is she had been channeling the Pleiadians for a long time and she'd been trying to tell me for a long time, they want to talk to you. And I just didn't, I just didn't know what that meant. So fast forward, I was on a girl's weekend in Ojai and I went out and told all my friends that I grew up with, I'm a Pleiadian and I saw her face shape shift and they were just like, oh my God, this is so cool. She did a soul reading on everybody and it was really interesting. But then a couple months later, I started seeing it in other people. And I had Shaman Durek, a mutual friend of ours on my podcast in my old apartment, my tiny little one, yeah, one bedroom, TBT, Hudson, roaming Mm -hmm. around, cat hair everywhere. The kitten. And I saw Shaman Durek's face disappear and I saw galaxies. I saw a woman come through and I asked him, him being so powerful, what is this going on? I see this in people now. And that was probably the fifth time I had seen it. And that was a huge summer of awakening for me. And he said, you're seeing my true soul. And that's a gift that you have. And that's on recording on the podcast Mm -hmm. from 2017. And then I started to explore it more. And that was the summer that I got a lot of alien visitations. And I lived alone. I wasn't living with Jonathan yet. And so... I just traveled through the galaxies in all of my free time. I watched Gaia TV. I listened to channelings. I was obsessed as I get with many things, doing Kundalini almost every day with Guru Jagat, rest in peace. And I'm actually nostalgic for that time Mm -hmm. now that we're talking about it. I was so free to just, just explore 
all of these things, which I still am. And we all are, but I'm a mom now and I'm married and I just, yeah, things have changed. Okay, so when I have a lot going on, which feels like always, taking a greens supplement in the morning is my absolute go-to. I know that it helps set me up for success. It makes me feel amazing. It's anti-inflammatory. And this is how I found a lot of healing from chronic illness and started to have more energy. So that way I know I'm giving my body the nutrients it needs for sustained energy and focus. It's almost like an insurance policy for the day. So right now I am using Wellgrove's gut-friendly essential greens powder every single day. And so is Jonathan, by the way, because it is a premium quality formula that includes digestive enzymes sourced naturally from pineapples. So that couldn't be possibly more TBB approved because it's sourced from pineapples. It is suitable for vegans. It contains no fillers and it is naturally sweetened with no artificial flavors, nothing gunky, no GMOs, of course. So visit wellgrovehealth.com and use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your essential greens and get a bonus free protein shaker. That is code BALANCED at the Wellgrove Health checkout for 20% off. They are a California brand and I am such a fan. My kitchen is full of Wellgrove everything right now, but the greens powder is my go-to and it's also helping my skin glow. So use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your essential greens at wellgrovehealth.com. That is wellgrovehealth.com. Use the code BALANCED to get 20% off. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Yeah. It's like when you're in that moment, you can see now you're exploring and you're just doing all of these things, but potentially in the moment you're like, what is my life going to become? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we always can look back and think either the best or the worst of times, but it's like, I'm sure in that beautiful transition void period where you're just exploring the galaxy, you probably were loving it, but then there probably was a part of you that's like, what is going to happen with my life? Yes. I was like buzzing with excitement all the time because I felt like I'm going to really be a healer, like in Mm -hmm. a big way. And I still feel that, but the feeling was very strong back then because it was like, if you don't do something with this, then what are you doing kind Mm -hmm. of thing? And I would have these visitations, like I said, where these intergalactic beings would be in my room and I would see them holding my brain, but my brain. <laughs> I love this so I know. much. You guys, we're going in today. Oh, yes. My brain was like this lit up white vibrating type of figure and they were stitching it up and cha- making upgrades, we could say, making upgrades. And I've been asked, how do you know that was real? If you're sleeping, were you dreaming? And it just depends on what you believe in. Mm -hmm. I think dreams also have powerful messages for us. So if that was a dream, that was a powerful one. I happen to know in my own embodied way of looking at all these things, that was not a dream. Mm -hmm. That was 
more real than most of the things that we experience in daily Mm -hmm. life. And that's what it was to me. And it was astral traveling, but in my room, but I was not in my body. And I think those things can happen more easily for anyone when we are in that lucid space between being awake and being asleep and being open. I had no fear back then and I had no walls or boundaries. I didn't have boundaries. That wasn't a very good part of all this. So I invited entities into my space and just said, come play with me. I I don't have any fear. And then we have other friends who are channels, who are powerful, Brie Melanson being Mm -hmm. one of them, who started to teach me, we don't want to open you up to everybody. And you got to be able to say, only spirits of the highest and greatest good are allowed in my space. And actually no entities are allowed to enter my body because in the middle of the night, they would enter my body and I would sit up in my bed and I would speak. To yourself or no one? (laughs) No one, but sounds would come out that are not English and that are not human. So that's when I wasn't scared. I'm telling you, this stuff doesn't scare me. This is the craziest part of all of it is that I have so much fear around it and you have none and it always blows my mind. I'm always trying to figure out why I'm, I'm obsessed fearless with it. in that way. And then since then I have had experiences not with intergalactic beings, but experiences with other things that have been very dark and near death experiences where I now get it. Like not everything mm-hmm. is light, but up until that point in my life, everything was light. And that's probably why I'm nostalgic for that time because I didn't have any fear because I had nothing to be afraid of, but I just felt like, take me as deep as I can go because there's nothing scary to see. Now I know about duality and the lighter you can go, the deeper you can go. And I think if you're a true healer, then you are going to have to see both. And I have seen both and I'm grateful for the darkness too, Mm -hmm. but the darkness has taken me on a ride (laughs) because what we're talking about now is five years ago. So a lot has happened. And would you say the darkness and would you say that happened more so in the physical human experience of your sickness and everything that you've been through? Or was that spirits or entities that have visited you? I think both. I think physically what started to happen, and this is my true belief, was that time in Ojai that I mentioned was very pivotal because I was told by the healer that I was with that day that... If I, that I was going to awaken so quickly in a spiritual sense that my physical body was not going to be able to keep up and I was going to get very sick. And so she encouraged me to do some things. I can't remember what they were, but I didn't do them. And then I got really sick. And it's not that it was a punishment or anything. It's that, it's that when we have so many upgrades happening spiritually and in different realms, our body <laughs> doesn't know what to do. So my physical body, as you know, developed Lyme disease and all of this, I believe, was a call to wake up and to also look deeper at my gifts that I was still running from because even though I was excited and fearless, I wasn't really integrating them into my life. I was living a very normal life, quote unquote. I was going out on the weekends and drinking. I was totally unaligned in so many ways. I was a workaholic. I was still running my clothing line, which was no longer a passion of mine. And I miss it, love it. But there was Mm -hmm. so much that had to be let go of. And then I went on the sickness journey, which was wild and very dark. And then I had other darkness experiences like 
with ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. exorcisms. And that's when I saw, I feel like I went into the inside of like a very, very mentally ill brain. And I know what that looks like now. And in the um, ayahuasca experience. In and since, because ever since I saw it there, I can tap into it at any time. Not a fun thing to do, but I do it anyway. And I've experienced it because when you're really sick physically, it's very depressing, Mm -hmm. so much anxiety. And so I have struggled then with my own mental health. And then I'll creep back into what I have seen and what I know exists out there in those darker realms places that would make you, would make anyone so grateful to be on earth Mm -hmm. because there are certain places that are so dark Mm -hmm. and earth is very much about duality. Yeah, that's huge. I think, I think we always like shit on earth. You know, we're always like earth is trash. Like everyone just has this like negative connotation of earth. And I think there's always the idea where people are like, I don't want to reincarnate back here. I don't want to come back here. My soul's not going to come back here. And I was that person for so long. I was like, I want to be done. This has been too emotional and too much for Mm -hmm. me. But then the other day I was walking and I was like, okay, my guides were like, okay, if this is your last lifetime on earth, what would you do? And then I was like looking at flowers and I was like, this would be the last time I would see a flower. Yes. And I was looking at plants. I'm like, this would be the last time I would see a plant. And I was just really taking in all the beauty and magic that exists here. And I was like, whoa, when I'm not really caught up in the other aspects of it, there's so much beauty to be seen here on earth. But for you and your ayahuasca, I want to talk a little bit about that because I've had experiences with ayahuasca as well. And I've found that when people do ayahuasca, they're very much able to get into a different field or frequency than people who haven't. And it's almost like when I connect with people that have done it, you're able to tap into this this energy, there's like an energy of ayahuasca that stays in the aura that's Mm -hmm. very mystical and very interesting. Was it ayahuasca then that took you to the darkness or was it parts of your sickness where you took yourself to sort of feel and experience the dark for duality? That's such a good question. And it was, I believe it was ayahuasca that took me to the darkness because I wasn't trying to. I did ask in a very fearless way. As we were in a wow. group, there were 17 of us. And I think I I say this without any ego or anything. I'm just trying to explain where I'm coming from. I was the only one who did not have fear. And so people were asking me why and where do you think your soul comes from? And I just said, I just don't know. I, I'm just willing to go very deep and I'm just not afraid. And then ayahuasca taught me a lesson and kind of checked my arrogance, I guess you could say, to show me I don't know anything and humans don't know anything and this consciousness that is ancient and wise, this medicine knows so much infinite intelligence and we can all tap into that. But that was something that ayahuasca showed me because just to give some context, this was my first ceremony. This was in 2018 and I was alone. I was with people, but I didn't know them. And I had one night of Aya that was incredibly light. I mean, it was so deep, but I was in angelic realms. Mm. I was floating in heaven and met all my future children, Atticus being one of them. And How many children? Three. Okay, Um, perfect. Yes, two boys and a girl. And (laughs) the list goes on. It was a beautiful night. And after that, yes, everyone came up to me, including the shamans and facilitators. Where did you go? Because we've never seen such bliss and in a way that you didn't need help from anyone and you didn't want to talk to anyone. And I was just somewhere else. So of course, the next night, I'm like, give me more. Take me deeper. You took more Aya. 
Yes. Okay. I mean, the second night, yes. So like we all took more Aya the second night, but the it stays in your system from night one and then night two, it just compounds. But I just had a few more servings in the sense that this was meant to be. So I believe that there are no mistakes when it comes to this type of sacred medicine, unless you're not supposed to be there in terms of some people are not supposed to be there. But if you feel called and there is a soul path reason for why you're there, then anything that kind of happens in that space, I believe is meant to be. So I then knew, I just knew, because the first night I felt and saw a bunch of people around me go through these dark experiences. And I saw certain people dying, not in this realm, but I saw parts of themselves dying and it was incredibly hard for them. I saw darkness and and things I won't even mention, really mm-hmm, dark. And mm-hmm. then I knew if they can go there, I can go there. And I'm a reflector. So I actually feel what everyone else is feeling and I can see it in their aura and in their essence. So I went there. Ayahuasca catapulted me into something so dark and mm-hmm. so never ending that it was a loop there that I feel like I was gone for multiple centuries, many, 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 many lifetimes. And I didn't think I was ever coming back. And I was screaming out for what on this human earth was an hour and a half for Hudson and for Jonathan. Mm. But I was gone on a loop for centuries. And it's hard to understand in these physical bodies. When I came back, it's like being multiple thousands years old. Do you think that was like a hell realm or like another dimension? Or have you been able to, because it's hard to understand from like a multidimensional perspective, but do you think that place exists? Or do you think it was sort of like an energetic frequency that you were able to tap into to understand something? I think a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely exists in the way that I think I saw parallel realities and past lives where I was in this place. And it was like hell, but it was also earth. And I was in a cult being forced to Uh do things. And this felt very real to me, but it also isn't real. It's so hard Mm -hmm. to describe. So yeah, I feel like it's past lives that I tapped into and different dimensions. Wow. I mean, we could go into all of that because it's so, so incredibly real, but you mentioned something about you feeling people and being able to really see and read people, especially as a reflector. So your reflector empath and someone that has all these gifts, especially seeing people. So for anyone listening that has, you know, that sensitivity or they have that, you know, that, yeah, that sensitivity, what would you say to them? Because I think you're someone that has done so well with navigating life as someone that's highly sensitive. I think it is a gift. It is my greatest gift. And it is the hardest thing that I deal with all at once. And so I think that's how a lot of other empaths and reflectors feel. Mm -hmm. But until you learn how to harness it, it can just feel like the hardest thing in the world. And I spent most of my life not knowing that I was so empathic or that not everybody felt this way. Because I would look around in college and I know you felt this way too. Like, does everyone feel this way and everyone Mm -hmm. can just deal with it? But I can't. So later in life to learn these things has been so amazing. And I think... There is a definite method. Like one of those things is surrounding yourself with people who understand you and support you and love you and who you feel really good in their energy because it's so draining as an empath to be with people who you don't feel good in in their energy. And because we can't control everything in life, we are going to be in a lot of those circumstances. So we want our closest circle to really make us feel good. 
and vice versa. It's so reciprocal. And then on the flip side, lots of alone time and just be so unabashed about it and journal and meditate and take baths and go in nature. And you mentioned noticing the flowers and earth has a lot to teach us plants in that way. Flowers, the sky, sunsets Mm -hmm. have a lot to teach us. That was something I was very ignorant about until also I was like in my very late twenties and realizing, oh my God, it is actually a miracle and a blessing to be here. Mm -hmm. And then to also let yourself have hard days. So today was one of those days I just had a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what spiraled me off, but something did. I did too. Yeah. What is going on? I was also not supporting myself at all in the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was like on my phone, on my computer, running around. Well, that's what we do. I was just like, you know, you witness yourself. You're like, this is not helpful. And you're just like, what are you doing? That was me. I never let go of my phone once the entire day, like refreshing, refreshing my email and my Instagram. And that's probably the worst thing that we can do when we're feeling that way, especially if the anxiety is like work-related or people-related, and then you're searching for those places and that validation. So I knew I was doing that Mm -hmm. today. And sometimes we're in control of it. And other times I was on this anxious path since the middle of the night, something just like physically was going on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, letting yourself have hard days. On the way over here, I was on the phone with Jonathan and He eventually got my mind off of it. And I was like, I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for this puppy soul of a husband. Mm -hmm. And I told him that. And he was like, see, I told you it's better to just change the subject rather than just vent all the time. I'm like, no, you have to actually let me do both. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's complicated feeling this deeply. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially, I know I think about that a lot. I'm like, because there's a few stories that I've been looping on in my life, which you know about. And it's like, and I just this week was like, okay, no more energy to that. Like, I, I love you, but there's, and me to myself, I'm like, I love you, but kind of we need to move on from, mm-hmm. from the loop. And there is such a moment of feeling it, understanding it, witnessing it, but then also being able to move on from it. Because otherwise it's just like a pattern that we're looping on and we're not really supporting ourselves stepping out of it. I think right. microdosing has helped me with that a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, what are your tips for that? Because you're such an expert in that realm. I would say the tips for that is, I think first people have to be observers of their thoughts. And I think to be an observer of your thought, you have to start meditating or start a mindfulness practice because before I was an observer of my thoughts or feelings or emotions, especially as an empath, I thought that they were me. I was like, oh, I'm stressed person. I'm an anxious person. I'm an emotional person. I'm, you know, whatever, I'm too much. And I never really understood that those were just experiences that I was in. And some of them were because of who I am and what I was going through. And some of them were because of people I was around or environments I was in or, you know, something else that was going on. So being able to be like, whoa, what's happening here? You know, today when I was feeling so anxious, I could pull up and be like looking at myself on my phone and computer and be like, hey, babe, you're feeling very anxious. And what are we doing now? We're looking at our phone and our computer. Does that help us feel anxious? Mm -hmm, And you're mm -hmm. like, yes, it makes me feel more anxious. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are we going to do now to not feel anxious? Do we need to have the conversation? Do we need to walk outside? Do we need to do something else? So I think being observer is probably the biggest thing. But to get back to you, there was one thing I wanted to talk to related to you seeing people shapeshift in their eyes. Was there any time where you were you know, eye gazing or looking at someone where you saw something that surprised you, where you were like, whoa, this is like not what I expected to see. Yes. What? 
Yes. I mean, the first time I started seeing animals, I think that was surprising. Yes. Because then I started looking up what those animals symbolize. Not Because I was not an expert on all this to begin with. I couldn't just say, oh, a gorilla means that you need to really focus on the power in your life and mm. harness this spirit animal that's literally jumping through your being and your aura and your eyes. Don't look at my notes. <laughs> the first time, <laughs> yes. I know, the first time I saw that gorilla energy was through Kenzie on my rooftop and I didn't know her that well yet. And and then I, you know, I told her that there was a gorilla leaping through her eyes. And then we looked it up and we saw the symbolism of the gorilla. It was very much her spirit animal in that time. And that was very surprising. And usually you can only really see what someone will let you see. And so I know when I see that, that someone is comfortable enough with me that I can bring it up to them or maybe they bring it up first. And then I say, okay, well, I'm seeing that and I'm sensing that and let's go into it. So it's a lot of surprising, a lot of surprising things. When Atticus was born, I would see it in him. Only the light things, of course. I mean, babies come in full joy and angels. angels. Um, you have a camera on him. He's our yes. little camera baby. Yeah. He's like right there. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does because he loves can't the camera. Wait. He loves the attention. He's such a Sagittarius in that way. He's so funny. So I saw a lot of our past lives through Atticus. And then ever since he was born, I feel the gifts in myself being so much stronger mm-hmm. because motherhood strengthens everything. And I think each child we have strengthens who we came here to be. They bring us messages from the other side and they choose us as their parents. So same with animals. Like I feel like my life changed drastically when I got Hudson because he brought a spiritual awakening. He was the catalyst of my spiritual awakening, and he Cat, knows that. Catalyst. Yes. Oh, my God. There are no coincidences. No coincidences. And I hadn't thought about it in years, the thing about Hudson truly, like, being my catalyst. Mm-hmm. But this morning, he and I had a moment about it. You talked about it? Mm-hmm. What did he say? So, everyone listening, Krista can very much communicate I with communicate animals. With that is animals. a major gift that she has. Yes. And I can really Was just- I with you on that walk where we walked past that dog, and the woman's like, are you, why are you talking to my dog in Russian? Oh, wait, no, but you told me you about remember? it. I think yeah. we were oh, wait, walk- no, we were together. Yeah, we were yeah, together. we were together. And this lady goes, you just talked to, she's like, what are you saying to my dog in Russian? I was like, I'm not speaking <laughs> Russian. She's like, you just spoke Russian to my dog. And yes. I'm like, no, I didn't. That genuinely happened. And she was Russian. Yes. And the dog was Russian. I was yes. like, oh my God. I remember where we were. We were in my neighborhood in front of the really nice yeah. houses. Like, oh my God. Remember that? I was like, yes. oh, I'm speaking languages to the Krista animals now. is a major animal communicator. Yes, that's my thing. It's so good. It's my thing. I can mostly just communicate with my huddy mm-hmm. when it comes to animals. And yeah, we were having a moment this morning because we used to always like spend the morning together, cuddling and communicating with the baby. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. But this morning we had that chance because the nanny was there and I woke up pretty late this morning and I just was like telling Hudson, I'm so thankful for you. You changed everything in my life. We started this family together like because I was single and just me when I brought Huddy home and he, I believe he helped draw Jonathan into our family. And he was, Hudson was like, not only did I start this family with you, I'm the reason for your spiritual awakening. And I was like, <laughs> I know you really are. And then I was just thinking, what would I have ever done without him? And where would I be? Because we don't realize animals that live in our home, they hold a consciousness. We don't even realize that it's, it's them, it's theirs. And 
they take up a lot of space psychically. And I do believe he brought me so much in this lifetime. So, I mean, animals are, I always think too, people talk about raising your vibration and all these types of things. Animals are like my number one way. It's not like you're going to get an animal just because you want to raise your vibe. But if you want to have more joy and love in your life at all times in a way that's like accessible in a way that I think people are really able to receive the love of animals Mm -hmm. because I think with people, it's so complicated. You know, we're like, oh, we just have so much baggage. But animals really allow people to receive love in this really beautiful free-flowing way. So I think anyone that has an animal, it will absolutely change your life. And mm-hmm. it will help you with your gifts so much. Mm-hmm. It will help you with your gifts so much. And also, I just want to say in this conversation, for anyone listening that's like, this is so wild and out there, it's like, I always just think I'm like, we don't really know anything in life. Mm-hmm. So I think so many people have so many different perspectives and opinions that we can't really prove anything much. So it's like going there is just fun and interesting. And I think it really adds to the fabric of our life and like the fabric mm-hmm. of the individuality of who we are. But I want to talk a little bit about your spiritual awakening. And I think for people that are going through theirs, you probably have a lot of your audience that are going through their spiritual awakening right now or have started theirs. What would be your advice? You know, mm-hmm. since Hudson started your spiritual awakening, if you could tell yourself anything, what would you tell yourself on your journey? I love that. And I agree with you, by the way. I was thinking to some, this conversation is going to sound very mm-hmm. out there. To others, they've been listening for years and they're yep. like, give give me more. And it's so true. A lot of this is, a ver- is an exploration mm-hmm. and we just learn more every day. And I think the wise people, wisest people on this earth know that we know nothing. Mm-hmm. And so we're not claiming like this is the answer to the universe. It's just so many avenues to explore, which is, I think, so much fun and very, very enriching in mm-hmm. life. So my tips to other people who are experiencing an awakening, well, number one, you're not going crazy. You're you're having an awakening and If my life was a little bit different, I think to sit down and mentor people like that would be such a gift. And and I think I do in my DMs and my emails. And I know you do too. You get back to a lot of people. So I love to pay it forward. There was a lot of people who helped me step into the power that I'm still stepping into. Number two, it's nice to know that you can have a spiritual awakening and you don't have to change everything in your life. You can have a normal Mm -hmm. job. You can have a normal family. I mean, I think a lot of stigma that comes with an awakening is like, and then I stopped talking to my family and then I moved to Bali. <laughs> Literally, yes. That is some people's path. And I spend a lot of time thinking about that because I have friends, that's their path. Yes. Mine is like- And they're like, I got tribal tattoos. Right. I know, stop showering. Yes. yes. Like I've only gotten closer with my family. I've only gotten closer with my friends and even friends that I've had since kindergarten. And- I kept doing things in the world. I kept podcasting. I kept seeing doctors for Lyme disease. I think what's really important as we move through these awakenings is that we do live in the world and we did choose to be humans and we did choose to have these bodies. So duality again, to go too far down any one path is a little much. And I don't think it's going to make true happiness. And what we really want is to be happy in this life. So I think a lot of people get very focused on, I want to know about my past lives and I want to talk to other realms. And so do I, but all for the purpose of having the most joyous, most present life in this realm, in this life, use these gifts to be more present and to be more loving and to make 
the people you love's lives a better place because that helps to make the world a better place. And just never stop exploring. And it's not scary. I know it's like very terrifying, <laughs> but um, it doesn't have to be scary because we all have so much support from the other side. So like when I was getting alien visitations and things that could be scary or when my neighbor passed away during COVID and his energy is mm-hmm. still in my apartment because he feels comfortable still? there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I call on my angels on the other side every night and just say, and he's a good spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a very nice guy, but people will come into your space if you don't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I call on my angels to just say, please come surround this space in light only spirits of the highest and greatest good are allowed Mm -hmm. in this space. And anyone who's not, please just take care of them because I can't. Mm -hmm. So we all have the power to do that. You don't have to even have any feeling of whether they're really there or not. You just say it and they will take care of you. Beautiful. I would love to do one last question for this one. And then we're going to transition to part two and get a little bit deeper, baby. Okay. For your birthday, what would be a wish that you'd have for this year? Oh, a wish. So yes, I'm turning 32. And by the time this comes out, I think I'll have just turned 32. My wish is to really just be the best mom in the Mm. world and to have so much fun with Atticus and to soak in his first year and almost two years of life by the time I turn 33 and just let him teach me all the things and be so present with him. I love that. Atticus is number one. Mm Mm-hmm. And happy birthday, baby. I love you so much. Thank you, my angel. We will head into part two and just keep the combo going. Let's go. Krista's the best interviewer ever, by the way. Love you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the show. It was such an honor to have Krista interview me and flip the script and to talk to one of my best friends in this way. I am so excited for part two next week where we dive into near-death experiences. We dive deeper into spiritual awakening. We talk about being misunderstood and the feeling of being different and how to work with that to find your power and embodiment. And I'm just so honored to have you guys here. So stay tuned for next week. Happy birthday to all of my fellow Libras. Come say hi on Instagram. Tag us if you're listening on your Instagram stories. I will repost you. I will thank you for being in the crew. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com so I can send you my free gift as a thank you. Okay. Lots of love. Talk to you guys soon. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.